Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's always powered by KSLSports.com. I'm your host and Utes Insider, Trevor Allen. As we are just over two weeks away until the season opener between Utah and Arizona at Rice-Eccles Stadium. I have a lot to get to. We will get a camp update, as you'll hear from Kyle Whittingham. And you'll also hear from Utah wide receivers coach Guy Holiday. He had, he had some good things to say about some of the wide receivers. And we'll also hear from Utah offensive lineman Nick Ford. Um, he's a guy who is going to be a leader this year for the Utes, especially on that strong offensive line. So it'll be good to uh, hear from him and, and his thoughts on the upcoming season. Just a couple of things real quick before we get into those interviews. Uh, first off, another Utah player has entered the transfer portal, and that is junior running back T.J. Green. Obviously, it looked like he wasn't going to be getting a lot of playing time because Kyle Whittingham said after the scrimmage on Saturday that he was not going to be on the uh, travel squad, that there were four guys ahead of him. And so T.J. Green, who will get his his, uh, bachelor's degree um, coming up in a couple of months, is going to move on. And so he joins Jalen Dixon as Utah players to enter the portal during training camp. And then... uh, Kyle Whittingham also said that he is not going to announce the starting quarterback until game week, so we will just continue to speculate on that. And as we move closer, uh, he didn't even tell us who who the battle was narrowed down to. And then final thing before we get into the interviews, uh, the uh, Pac-12 announced the TV and kickoff times for the Friday night games this season. And Utah has two of them. The first one is their first road game on November 13th at UCLA. And then the last one is on December 11th at Colorado. The game against the Bruins will be broadcasted at 8.30 Mountain Time, and it'll be on ABC and ESPN, ABC slash ESPN. I think that that's the regional thing where, um, depending on where you're at. And then the game against Colorado will kick off at 7.30 on FS1. Here is Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham. I started the uh, media availability by asking him, 
his thoughts on TJ Green entering the transfer portal. Yeah, TJ uh, has been here. Uh, I think this is his fourth season coming up. Uh, great teammate. Uh, did everything we asked him while he was in this program, and and uh, he'll be getting his degree in December, which is the most important thing. And then uh, he's decided to uh, once he gets his degree, uh, move on. Or he's obviously not going to finish this, you know, or begin the season, I guess, with us. And he's going to uh, look for uh, other places to play. And, and so we wish him well. Uh, wasn't uh, getting as many reps as he'd hoped. You know, we got those four guys ahead of him: uh, Jordan Wilmore and uh, Devin Bumfield, Ty Jordan, or Ty Bernard, not necessarily in that order. But uh, all those guys were getting more reps than TJ, and, and uh, just wanted an opportunity where he could be, uh, you know, a, a, have an opportunity to be uh, more of a, a factor. And so we wish him well. And uh, I believe he's got two more years of eligibility, and you know, with the with the freeze that's going on now. So, so he's uh, a great kid, and again, very proud of him for for uh, getting his degree. And uh, we wish him all the best. Uh, just to follow that up on a personal level, look, you recruited TJ for a reason and he chose you guys for a reason. You know, you put a lot of time into him on a personal level. Is it, is it tough to see guys like that transfer out of your program, guys who did the right things like that? Well, he's looking for a, an opportunity to maybe be able to have more playing time. So you can't really fault him. I mean, he's, he's uh, done everything we've asked him. He's got his degree and, and or getting his degree in a month and a half. And so, uh, you know, wish, wish he would have stayed. He was, he was a great kid, but uh, that would be a selfish uh, point of view because if he's going to have a chance to play more somewhere else and be, uh, you know, realize his goals, then uh, I'm all for it. So it's, it, it is bittersweet, but, but uh, a guy that comes in and for nearly four years, three and a half years, does everything he's asked to do, uh, does his, you know, gets paid for his academics. Uh, you know, he's, he's done his part, so we wish him well. And just to follow that up real quick, as you see games going on across the country, you know, we are seeing some outbreaks in spots. Games are getting postponed. Games are getting canceled. As you get ready to start your own season, what can be learned from things that are going on around the country in terms of COVID and, uh, and safety? Well, I guess we can learn there's a good chance that some of our games will get canceled and postponed as well. And, you know, the, the Pac-12 is, is cranking up uh, – what, two weeks from Saturday, uh, it would be tremendous if we can get all the games in that are scheduled. Not sure if that's realistic, but uh, you just got to do the best you can to, to uh, mitigate the, the virus and, and take every precaution, and we're doing that, and just hope for the best. I mean, it's, a, it's an invisible virus, I mean, which you can't uh, completely be 100% safeguarded against it. I think we're doing a lot of good things trying to uh, stay healthy and, and so far so good. So we hope that continues. Kyle, what does a 100% Britton Covey uh, add to this version of the 2020 Utah offense? Oh, he has a, a bunch of not only to the offense, but to the uh, return game and special teams. His value there is uh, tremendous for us. And he was, in our opinion, the best return guy in the country this freshman year. Uh, he's punt returning, and we think he's going to be just as good this year, if not better. And so that's uh, that's a huge positive force then, uh, from an offensive perspective. Having him healthy and uh, his quickness and speed is returned makes uh, him a, a, a very viable and valuable weapon for 
Coach Ludwig, and he's going to move around in a lot of different spots and get the ball a lot of different ways. And so he'll be a, a, a big part of what we're doing offensively. Britt and Kevy and players from the other Pac-12 South teams are doing a Zoom conference with the Pac-12 today. I wondered if you could just make a general statement about the division and the fact you've won it twice. I imagine you feel like you've got a big red X on your back. Well, you know, we have uh, won it back-to-back, as you mentioned, and, and uh, this year we're not picked to win it, so I'm not sure if we got the target on our back or whatever. But, but uh, we're, our goal is to, is to try to do it again. And I'm, as I've said many times, try to win that Pac-12 championship game, which we've been uh, unable to do the last couple of years. But, but uh, I know Britt will do a great job representing us. Uh, the Pac-12 South is, is going to be competitive. Uh, I guess SC is, is being chosen number one in the South to, uh, to win it, so we'll see what happens. But, but uh, you know, we've got a lot, of, a lot of good young talent in the program, and, and we're trying to get them ready as fast as we can. Kyle, second question. I'm just going to ask you with the uh, um, season coming up and all that, but the scrimmage on Saturday, do you pare things down from the first scrimmage? Are you reducing the number of guys that are going to get reps? And maybe just talk about the difference between scrimmage one and scrimmage two and what you want to accomplish. Thank yeah, you. That, 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 that will be the case. We'll have uh, fewer guys get reps. Every single guy got reps uh, the first scrimmage. Everybody that's in the program that's healthy and, and able to do so. Uh, got an opportunity to show what they can do. Uh, the scrimmage format will be very similar this week, a lot of situational work, uh, but there won't be an opportunity for every guy to get reps. We can scale it down, as you said, and uh, focusing on the guys that are going to be on the travel squad, at least the projected uh, travel squad is still not completely solidified. We've got uh, some, some battles going on, but, but uh, we need it too. After, after watching the scrimmage in its entirety, there's a lot of good things, painfully obvious that we've got a lot of work to do and uh, not a lot of time to get it done. Uh, yesterday we had some good live work as well in practice, which uh, was a step forward for us. And so we'll continue to uh, get those live reps. It's a stark contrast from last year's team. Last year's team had very few live reps and uh, we did not go live much at all during fall camp. This year's team needs hundreds of live reps. And so we're trying to get that uh, Accomplish and keep healthy at the same time. It's a, it's a balancing act, but uh, we're going to need every every one of these next was it 16 days before we play 16 17 days. Hi, coach. So you've already addressed Britton Covey as the punt returner, but with the departure of Jalen Dixon, who has been taking those second team reps in the punt return game? That's a combination of several people: Ty Jordan, Samson Akua. Uh, Money Parks, uh, Clark Phillips. So we have four or five guys. There's another guy or two that's been uh, working back there. You can never have too many returners. We try to develop a whole stable of returners so we don't get caught shorthanded there. But, but right now, that decision has not been made. But those are the guys that, that uh, are battling for the number two and three uh, punt return uh, spots. And, and we'll see how that shakes out in the next couple of weeks. But uh, Hopefully, Britain stays healthy and we don't have to get to that point. Uh, you've always put uh, a big emphasis on the education aspect of, of being a student athlete, but this, this summer, the NCAA moved to um, make sure that the student athletes had more of an opportunity to vote um, on November 3rd. And talk about that with like 
how how your program is is embracing that, especially maybe with some of the social change aspects that that took place over the summer, and and why that's important. Well, we're certainly encouraging every one of them to vote. We're not going to be doing uh, anything on that day. It's going to be a day off form, and I think that's uh, throughout the Pac-12 and maybe throughout the nation. I'm not sure exactly uh, how that's being handled. I know the Pac-12 knows is uh, mandating that uh, we don't do anything that day. And so, is that right, Paul? Yeah, okay, I've learned everything once. And so uh, it's obviously very important, and we want our guys to uh, to be active and be uh, have their voice and, and make an impact. And, and so we're, we've already done all the uh, registration stuff for voting, and, and uh, so we should be ready to roll, and hopefully they take advantage of it. They can't, we're not going to put them in our car and drive them to the, to the polls or whatever, but they, they're encouraged to vote, and I think most of them will. I think most of them Al, can you give us an update on the uh, place kicking battle between Jordan Noyes and, and Jaden Redding? And did you see, you know, as, as one guy jumped out in front, do you feel confident about one or the other or both? Well, it's a, it's a battle still, and uh, it was a, a four-way battle initially earlier in, the, in fall camp. It's down to two guys. Um, Jordan, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but he has the stronger leg of the two. He's, he's got great trajectory, great range, not as polished as Jaden. Uh, Jordan is more of a soccer background, uh, came to us from uh, over in London and very little, in fact, zero football experience. And so it's all new to him. It took him a while to get used to having shoulder pads and, and football pants on. It's really bothered him for a while. Maybe helmet, but he's uh, subsequently gotten used to that. But uh, I would say Jordan, uh, more range, higher trajectory, a little stronger leg. Jaden, more polished, uh, gets the ball off a little bit quicker. Uh, a little more accurate right now. And so that battle will continue, and that can continue all the way up until game day, if, if needs be. And we gotta, gotta just make sure we get the right guy. And then once we think we got the right guy, we'll find out. We'll give him a couple opportunities. And if he's, uh, if he gets it done, then, then great. Uh, last year we had, Jaden wasn't our guy going into the season, but and we had a couple of kicks that uh, should have been made. Jaden uh, got his opportunity and made the most of it and ended up they can darn near 80% of these kids, I believe, is like 10 out of 15, which is in the top third of the uh, Pac-12. So Jaden's uh, success last year also helps him this year. That that counts. What you did last year counts because you've done it in game situations. Jordan Noyes has never kicked in a game situation, so although the stadium will be empty, so it won't be like like normal. But uh, those uh, short version still ongoing, and we hope to have it settled by. Uh, well, we'll have a settlement. I know who's going to kick on Saturday, the uh, 7th, at least by Friday the 6th. How about that? And a quick follow up. What did you shoot at Pebble? What did I shoot at Pebble? I shot 87. I was proud of myself last year. You know? From the tips? No, the, the uh, next one up. Kyle, how did you guys find Jordan? I know in his bio online, he says he's related to Matt Gay. Um, so I, I assume that there's a connection there, but. I know you guys have gone to Australia to find punters, but I think this might be the first time you guys have gone across the, the pond the other way to find a kicker. Yeah, well, he, he kind of fell in our lap. Just as you said, he's, he's, uh, he's the uh, brother-in-law of Matt Gay. So that was the connection. Matt was telling us about Jordan and, and uh, giving us uh, the info and, and telling us he had a strong leg and was really raw and had potential. And so he uh, decided to come over and, and give it a go. And uh, he's uh, done very well so far. I mean, he's he's got all the the uh, 
potential of, of you know, really a big time kicker and even maybe an NFL kicker who's got he's got a stronger leg than that had actually. So uh, he's a guy that's got a lot of upside, but again, we've got some refining to do and some some technique things that he's working on. But uh, he has a, a big upside, and we're hoping that uh, he can you know, realize his potential and get to get to the place we think he can get to. Did he offer up you guys some some film to look at, Kyle? Just as a quick follow up, or did did you just have to take Matt's word word on it? He just walked on. He just walked on and gave it a go. We did take Matt's word. That was really the uh, the main reason and why we brought him in is because Matt vouched for him and had kicked with him. And so you know, Matt, he's a he's a guy that knows knows the deal and knows what a good kicker looks like. So we we trust him. There you go. That was head coach Kyle Whittingham uh, meeting with the media on Wednesday. Now we'll hear from Utah wide receivers coach Guy Holiday, who has probably one of the most deep units on this Utah football team this year. Started out the conversation by asking him about how Britton Cubby's looking throughout camp. Uh, I'd say he probably looks better than he did uh, when he came back from his mission. I think he's probably back to 100%. Uh, pleased with where he is. Brian Thompson was on here last week, and he was talking about how uh, he's really tried to change the way he uh, he eats and he's taking care of his body better. Can you maybe speak a little more to that about how he's kind of tried to transform his body? Yeah, one of the things that we we always talk about, I mean, a lot of people look at weight, body weight. I, I'm not a big believer in body weight. I'm a big believer in body fat because that um, interprets the particularly the lateral movements for a receiver. So... He's focused more on trimming his body fat down, and he's done a great job with it. And uh, I think he should have a, a great season because of it. Off topic, just to follow that up real quick, as college football continues to get going here at other spots around the country, we're starting to see outbreaks you know, within programs, games getting postponed, games getting canceled. As you guys get ready to start your own season, is there anything to be learned from what's going on across the country in terms of COVID? You're way above my pay grade on that. Fella. I wish I knew. If I if I knew, I probably could call the White House and give them the answers too. So uh, we just got to do the best we can and manage it the, the best we know how. I mean, besides staying away from everybody, what what else can you do? I mean, we just and it's this when when people way above me, a lot smarter than me, figure it out, and they tell me, then I'll let you know. Guy, what does a 100% Britton Covey bring to this version of the Utah offense? That's, that's a good question. I mean, uh, I, I think what it brings is a dynamic player after the catch, uh, somebody that really can make the first player miss. Um, he gives you a lot of versatility as far as you can hand him the ball, you can throw him the ball. Uh, so it, what, what it does, it, it, it gives you a lot of a lot of options and variety in, in how you want to use it. Hey, I was going to ask, what are the challenges of breaking in a, a new quarterback for receiving core, especially in a pandemic where you didn't get the normal uh, interaction between the guys in the offseason? Let's see, I, I, I would... Um... I would challenge you on that question because we, we've had a lot of, I, I get the pandemic, but the one thing that you've been able to do consistently uh, uh, is get out there and throw and catch. So that, I think that's been a plus. And if you look at some of the scores around the country, um, some of the, you know, the offenses are probably a little bit ahead, ahead of the defenses right now, which is, 
you know, not not what you normally see. So I don't give a flying flip who the quarterback is. Our job is to catch the freaking ball. And to me, it ends right there. Love that answer. And last thing I ask you, as far as uh, you've had lost Tyrone and lost Jalen, you guys, uh, you don't have the depth you had, or, or do you see that as an issue? Or is it who's, who's around is around? What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that is you never worry about who isn't here. You take care of the ones who is here, who, who are here. And uh, and then you go from there. I mean, we, we live in a in a society where we're looking for instant gratification. And, and in this game, that doesn't always exist. So I, I can't, uh, my personality and, and my demeanor has always been, you got to earn your way. And, and uh, if you don't, you feel like you need a change, then I'm going to support you regardless. I love every one of my players, but at the end of the day, I can't worry about guys that's not sitting in the foxhole with me. I got to worry about the goal, the guys that's in their foxhole. You know, if we took that attitude, the military would never win, right? So you got to line up with what you got and make those guys play better. Guy, good morning. You've um, you've had Solomon Enos now in the program. This is his third season, and we've seen glimpses at times of, of what what Solomon can do. Um, what have you seen from him so far off season and now fall camp? And, and what are you doing to challenge him to kind of get the most out of him? Uh, I think what I've seen is a more consistent player, someone who's learned to play receiver. I, you know, you you guys get caught up in stars. I get caught up in players, uh, and it's it's a big difference. So. Uh, he was a do-everything guy for his high school team. Well, that doesn't always translate to college. So what I see now is a more skilled receiver, a better attitude, his work ethic is good. Uh, my challenge to any player, if you want to play, you better do the things right. Uh, and he's done that, and he's had a, a great camp so far. So I'm excited where he is. And, you know, it, it takes a really special talent and to step up from high school in your first year and be an impact player. It's the same thing, a rookie going into the NFL. You can be a, a top five pick, but it doesn't make you an impact player on an NFL team. So, you know, that that transition has, uh, he's completed that. And now I think he's ready to come come and have a big season. Uh, one quick follow-up. Uh, Kyle's talked on a number of occasions with us about young guys that have popped a little bit during camp. He's mentioned Money Parks a couple of times. Just a quick thought on what you've seen out of money so far. Really good skill set. Um, even though he's only 5'10", he has a, I think about a 6'3", a 6'4", wingspan. So his catch radius is through the roof. And just like any other freshman, you know, he's going to have his ups and downs. He hits the, he, you know, he'll hit the wall mentally more so physically. His physical skill set is there. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got to compete, and, and we're going to play the best players. And if Money Parks is one of them, then he'll play. Uh, and that's that's just the way the way it goes for me. Hey, coach, I want to get your thoughts on on Samson Nakua. Kyle Whittingham said last week that Samson has had a great camp. What strides has he made in the off season, and how has he looked in camp? I think it's more strides that he's made mentally. Uh, I think. Uh, as you grow older, you learn to take care of your body, uh, both on and off the field. He's done that. I, I think the pandemic has helped him appreciate some things, and his approach to the game is more of a pro uh, right now. And, and so he's his playmaking ability has always been there. Now his uh, his mental skill set is finally caught up to his physical skill set. Hey, Coach, and obviously your group is some of the most experienced guys on the offense. 
um, with with uh, Ludwig now here in his second year and and him saying that he likes to scheme towards his personnel. Do you see anything changing with the wide receiver core and, and how things operate, maybe in terms of leadership or just in total of, of getting the ball a little bit more? Um, I, I think at the end of the day, if you're really good at what you do, you um, you just go with it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, do we? I, I can see us getting the ball more. I mean, Zach Moss in here. Uh, but I, you know, I don't worry about that. I, I'm a I'm a big believer in you do whatever it takes to win. Uh, so if that's what it takes to win, let's do it. If it means running the ball 75 times, let's do it. I mean, I, I think one of the things that people miss and miss and the media tends to focus on individual accolades. I tend to focus on wins and losses. So whatever it takes to win, that's what I'm willing to do. And uh, that's what I preached to my players. There you go. That was Guy Holiday. And then we will end on this. Utah offensive lineman Nick Ford, who met with the media on Wednesday. Nick, you obviously this offseason took a, a leadership role in, in a lot of things, whether it be the football team or, or standing up with the Pac-12 voices and different things like that. What, what do you feel like your role has been and how do you think that's been able to help uh, the football team this year? Uh, I'd say it's been exactly that, basically um, just helping out any way uh, that's possible, whether it be on or off the field. Um, all the way from being just a leadership within the offensive line room or offering myself to anybody who's on the team, as well as, uh, you know, just my brothers around the Pac-12 to make sure that they come out healthy from the season and, you know, we play with the least risk. Hey, Nick, I just want to get your thoughts on how the O-line's looking. You guys are obviously one of the stronger position groups on the team. Um, the, yeah, the O-line, like you said, is, there's, there's a lot of depth to it. Um, everyone who could play, everyone who's in the – whatever, 10 deep, 15 deep, 20 deep, we're all capable of playing. Um, you look at guys like Jaron Kump, who just came in, and he's, you know, an excellent player, very strong and everything. And same thing with Bam Sunny and um, Satawa Lomea. And, you know, we have the familiar faces, me, Braden, Orlando, Semi. Um, it's, it's really exciting. Um, and what was the second question? And then I wanted to know, would you rather be playing tackle or would you rather be moving into the inside and playing guard? I like playing on the field. I like hitting people. So, I mean, it don't really matter where I'm at. Just as long as I go ahead and get to hit somebody. Um, I, I'm quick enough to be able to go outside, and I'm strong enough to be able to go inside. So, wherever they want to put me, you know, feel bad for the other guy. Just to follow up on what Trevor said, you know, the level of versatility that you're bringing to the table just in terms of, you know, you can play tackle, you can kick back inside. How, how difficult is it to have that level of versatility at this level of, of college football? Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily something I'll focus on as difficult. Um, it's been something I focused on since I was young, um, being able just to play whatever the coach needs for the team. And I mean, that's really just the moral of that story is just knowing when you got to switch your footwork a certain way and being able to understand the playbook to the point to where you know what everyone's doing on every single place. So, I mean, as long as you know what you're doing, when you're doing, you'll be all right. Morning, Nick. How are you? Good, you? Good, thanks. Hey, let me ask you about the challenges of playing left tackle, uh, the blind side. Talk about what a tough spot that is and how is losing Darren, I mean, you only lost really one big key contributor, but how big of a void did he leave? Um, he left a, you know, he left a big void, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm able to replace that. Um, just, just like a lot of people say, this program uh, reloads. We don't really restock. So, I mean, 
you know, Darren was just one bullet in the chamber ahead of me. So, you know, next thing you know, I'm up. I don't really see it as pressure. I mean, um, it's just, just me playing out there. Uh, if you if you start seeing it as pressure and you start getting it in your head, you know, it's going to it's gonna be wind up being bad for you. Um, so, you know, everyone's saying, oh, what about this pressure, that pressure? It really doesn't bother me. I'm just playing football. I understand that it's the blind side and everything, but I mean, you know, this, this is a psychological game, but I know that my psychological and physical game is on par. And Nick, is that position, you played all the positions, but is that position vastly different than other offensive line positions? Uh, I'd say um, a little bit. Um, I mean, you got center, of course, snapping the ball. That's very different. Um, the guards, the guards are slightly different, not really. And then it really gets different when you get out to the edges, that tackle, um, a lot of footwork and fundamental changes and whatnot. Um, I say the, the biggest difference is uh, just the amount of people, you know, saying, oh, or do you feel pressured or do you feel, you know, whatever it is, just because you're that blindside guy. Um, so it's just a lot more notoriety to be on the left side, but I feel like it's the exact same play and style as I did on the right. So I should be able to perform the same way I get, did against UW and BYU and be all right. I want to ask you about your offseason and, and what you focused on, you know, through all those months um, away from the program. What was your what was your focus uh, to improve and, and what did you do to, to get better this offseason? Um, so I've kind of focused in two different ways. I focused one as an individual and then I focused as well as like a teammate and a leader. Um, from, you know, a teammate and leader perspective, I made sure that all my guys, you know, were safe in the, you know, bad times and that, you know, pandemic that's happening around the world, you know, calling people, making sure they're all right, their family's all right, if they need anything, you know, just make myself available to them. Um, and then as an individual, um, I'd say mainly just my hands and then just my knee bend. Um, there was a couple of times last year I had gotten in trouble for that, just playing a little too high or, having my hands outside. So I did a lot of, you know, hand IQ stuff and uh, I'm really flexible, but just working on moving wall down and stuff. So my pad level and hand work has improved a lot. Nick, your group obviously brings back a, a ton of guys. There's a lot of depth there, a lot of experience, but what are you able to do as an offensive line, maybe more than other positions groups to kind of allow that communication and that, that um, camaraderie to work so that you can, work together in the season and how does that work also with with bringing in new quarterbacks and trying to get that relationship um i say bring back everyone and the camaraderie and stuff is it's just fun first off um you know everyone knows how to work with each other and it, it's a really easy time we know how to joke we don't want to take things serious so you know it's, it takes a lot of um fun into it and also you know from an educational standpoint you know we can all help each other and trust each other and uh, for the point of talking about quarterbacks, it's um, I'm sure it's a confidence booster for them, knowing that uh, you know they have an experienced offensive line in front of them. And you know sometimes in the huddle, you know we gotta say hello, like tell not even just the quarterbacks, but the receivers and everything, like lock in and you know really focus on certain things because the offensive line is taking it upon themselves this year because we have the most experience to just make sure that you know we're running the show because the offensive line performed well last year. And, you know, we're going to perform to the same standards this year. And, that, you know, we're going to make sure that our team is brought up to those standards. 
Nick, you guys are in a position right now on campus where you're going through daily testing, uh, you know, strict medical protocols every day. How, how confident and optimistic have you felt kind of throughout that daily process that, you know, that things are safe and that the athletic department is really doing everything they can to keep you guys safe? Uh, I feel really confident. I mean, just before this interview, I came up from getting tested. Um, you know, they're making sure that we're all safe. Um, if, if someone gets sick, you know, by all God, you know, pray to God that they don't, um, you know, they take the right uh, procedures and, you know, letting people know who got sick and saying, um, you know, we're working with uh, the tracing department and a whole bunch of things. Um, so they have, they have a really good system to prevent people getting sick from our social distancing and meetings to even in the cafeteria being handled a different way. Literally every single aspect of just being near the facility is different. Um, so I know for a fact that, you know, if someone were to get sick, it's not from the facility because they're taking so many precautions, whether it's, you know, the sanitization or all the social distancing and then the testing. So, you know, I have full faith in the medical staff here in the athletic department that's, you know, in charge of everything. Yeah, Nick, I wanted to ask you about a guy who really came onto the scene last year and, and had a great season, and that is Simi Mawala. He's a guy who came over from, from the D-line to the O-line and uh, has already uh, played very, very well last year. Just what what is the strides that he's made in his game to be able to put himself in that position to be the starter? Um, he made a lot of strides. You know, he, he, he's a real good man. He's probably one of my close friends. You know, it is one of my close friends off the field. Um, you know, at first it was difficult for um, him, you know, just never playing offensive line, not knowing terminology, but with anything. Um, but he's a really determined individual. And um, so in the start of the season, really, um, you know, I tell him even during the games, like tell him the calls and everything just for a tackle because it was more he he could do it from a physical standpoint, but he didn't have the intelligence of an offensive lineman standpoint yet. And um, throughout the season, his intelligence grew and grew and grew. And by, you know, halfway through the season, he started making his own calls. And then later in the season, you know, he started coming up to the line and making calls before I could give it to him. So, you know, it just shows that his character came through and, you know, he persevered and learned what he had to learn. And, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a good partner to work with. And he wound up, you know, being very smart. Even now, me and him still do extra film study and everything. And, um, he's gone from not knowing anything and me having to tell him everything to him questioning me things that are way more complicated and we're having good conversation and I have full faith of him on the field. Nick, not, not football related necessarily, but how important is it to you and the teammates to, to have the NCAA and, and Utah specifically working to kind of get out the boat and be in, in front of a lot of the social movements that, that have gone on over the summer? Mm, are you talking about like the march and everything like that? Yeah, and then just trying to get all these athletes to, to make sure they're registered to vote. Um, and, you know, I think it's very important, um, especially not not only for us, um, because we have a, a good platform where we can inspire and, you know, create. And that's, that's really what football can be used for is to inspire and create change. Um, I think the most beneficial factor of that was, you know, making sure that everyone on every team was able to get out, vote, um, realize that they have a voice and realize that they can do things and inspire change. Um, and I think it's going to go a long way for even the younger generations because, you know, like me personally, I go and volunteer at a school 
and you know do a whole bunch of things outside of football and now these kids are seeing me on a different platform and it's not only for football it's, it's, it's for something greater than that and it may inspire them to grow up and you never know even though i may be doing something small right now i might inspire the next mlk so and there you go that was utah offensive lineman nick ford you guys can read more about uh, everything going on in camp over at kslsports.com. And make sure you guys download the KSL Sports app if you haven't already. It is tremendous. That's where you guys can also find the Crimson Corner podcast and all of your Utes coverage uh, over at the KSL Sports app. You can download it in the Google Play Store or in the Apple Store. And you guys can also follow me on Twitter at Trevor A. Sports and also at KSL Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And that'll do it for this edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next time, it's always powered by kslsports.com. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.